All right, well, they're going to be passing out um, those baskets, and I definitely encourage you guys, uh, if you're able, to give to help towards Compassion International. Um, I also um, take uh, side jobs, so freelance video editing. If you need anything, just let me know. Um, I made that on one cup of coffee, so imagine if I had two. All right, so um, we're going to take a few moments um, here to uh, spend some time um, talking about a question that I want to bring up tonight while they're continuing to work on the food and all that. So in a little bit here, we're going to have some dinner. We're going to have some Christmas cookies. We're going to sing some carols, and uh, it's going to be a really fun time uh, here. So there's plenty uh, to do here this evening, so don't worry. Um, but one of the questions um, that I want to talk about here just a little bit before we eat together is a question that maybe you've thought about before over the years. The question is, and think about this, why do we celebrate Christmas, right? Why do we celebrate Christmas, okay? And it might seem like a silly question, right? Like, okay, we're at church, we're having a Christmas party. But, I mean, you think about it, why do we celebrate Christmas? I mean, have you ever stopped and considered all of the implications behind celebrating Christmas or the impact? I mean, think about all of the songs, the movies, the presents, the traditions, the family gatherings, big meals, time off of school, uh, special church events, school events, and we can keep going. We spend a lot of time and money on Christmas, right? Like Christmas is a crazy time of year. Well, in fact, the average family in America, this is what uh, the online world says, the average family in America spends over $1,000 every year just on Christmas gifts alone. So that's, that's like a lot of money. <laughs> so people take Christmas to be a big deal, right? People spend a lot of money and time on Christmas. And if you keep doing some research, Christmas is actually the biggest holiday in the world. A quick Google search will give you tons of research supporting that because basically every culture in the world, for the most part, in some form or another, celebrates Christmas. So Christmas is a big deal and people all over the world, in some form or another, celebrate Christmas. So I think we could like, and I could spend all day on this point alone, this idea, but the reality is we could easily agree that Christmas is a big deal. All over the world, Christmas is a big deal. So the question then becomes, why is Christmas such a big deal? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because the reality is Christmas is a big deal. So then kind of the deeper question is, why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we go all out and have a great time at our Christmas party, Christmas Eve services, supporting uh, leading up to celebrating Christmas? Well, the short answer to that question is during Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. That is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. Okay, So Christmas is a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Well, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. So the next logical question is, well, who is Jesus, right? Because we know Christmas is a big deal. Why do we celebrate Christmas? To celebrate the birth of Jesus. Okay, well then, who is Jesus? 
And why is the whole world taking time to celebrate his birth? It's a pretty big birthday to celebrate. And, and I don't mean, when I ask the question, who is Jesus, I don't mean who is Jesus to you or who is Jesus to your parents or who do you want Jesus to be. Who is this man Jesus that we sing and talk about? Who is Jesus. And the reality is there are a lot of different views on who Jesus is. Some people say Jesus is a fictional character, that he is just someone that churches kind of made up over the years, and Jesus is no different than the Easter bunny or the tooth fairy, right? So some people believe, and maybe even you are in this room here, you believe that Jesus is just this fictional character. Well, other people might believe that Jesus is just this historical figure. Because you don't have to look just in the Bible to verify that Jesus was a real person. There's tons of evidence beyond the Bible that talks about Jesus being a real person. There's no question that Jesus was a real person here on this earth. And you don't just need the Bible to prove that. So was Jesus just this historical figure? Was he just this man who lived a long time ago? Is he no different than Plato, or not like the Plato stuff, like the philosopher, or is he any different than Abraham Lincoln? Just people who lived on this earth. Well, another view is that maybe Jesus is just this religious leader. Is he no different than Gandhi or Buddha? I mean, there's no question that Jesus had a massive following. So is he just this religious leader? Finally, some others might say that, you know what, Jesus is a good moral example. I mean, we learn about his life and his teaching, and he taught a lot of good things, and he made an impact on millions of people. So we just believe that, you know what, Jesus was a good example to live up to, to follow after. And so maybe some of you in this room believe one of those views. And I want you to think about which view do you believe? Think about this. How would you answer that question, who is Jesus? Because we know that Christmas is a big deal, and we celebrate Christmas because of the birth of Christ. And Jesus was a real person who lived on this earth, so the question then becomes, who is Jesus? Who was this man? Well, tonight, I want to take a few minutes to help us answer that question of who is Jesus. Because maybe some of you have heard all about Jesus in Christmas, and you hear him in the songs and all that. But I want to take a minute and actually help us understand who Jesus really is and why Christmas is such a big deal. And so to see Jesus for who he really is, we're going to take a minute or two and look at what the Bible says about Jesus. We're going to look at what Jesus said about himself. Because the reality is the way we see Jesus has a huge impact on how we respond to Jesus. Because there's no question that Jesus was a real person. The question is, how do we respond to who we believe he is? And this one theologian said this, What comes into our minds when we think about God 
is the most important thing about us. In other words, what we believe about God is one of the most important things that we can understand. And maybe some of you agree with that. Maybe some of you are like, uh, I've never really thought much about that. But what you believe about God plays a huge role. And so I want to quickly look at a few verses in John chapter 14. And I'm going to have the verses on the screen as well. So John chapter 14, I want to quickly look at what Jesus said about himself. So prior to this passage, the disciples, or Jesus' students, his followers, the disciples were worried about what's next. Anyone ever feel worried in this room? Okay. So you feel much like the disciples are prior to what Jesus says here. The disciples, his students, his followers, they're worried about what's going to happen next. So they're fearful. And while they're in fear, they're wrestling with this question of who is Jesus? Who really is Jesus? And so let's look at what Jesus says to his students. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? So let me pause here for a second. His followers were worried and scared and troubled, and they were afraid of what was going to happen next. And I'd be lying if I didn't often fear about what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to necessarily happen tomorrow or a week from now. I mean, we're a few weeks away from a new year. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's a very real thing. And so to answer that question, I love how Jesus says first, believe in God. Trust in me. And even though Jesus would eventually be headed for the cross and soon physically gone, he made it clear to his followers that he would be with them forever. Jesus says, I will be with you. And his disciples, his, again, his students, were still a little confused on what was going on. And so he could sense this confusion. And so Jesus clarified it even more. And I love that about Jesus. If you read the Bible at all, his disciples ask lots of questions. And Jesus is kind and patient, much more than probably I would be. And he takes a minute to further clarify his response. And listen to what Jesus says to them. Verse 6 there says, Jesus is talking. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so maybe you've heard this verse before. But this is exactly how Jesus responds to his students as they're wondering, who really is Jesus? Well, Jesus says, all right, let me just tell you exactly who I am. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so I quickly want to just clarify three ways that we learn about who Jesus is. Okay. Number one, Jesus himself says that he is the way. Now let me ask you this. How many of you are prone to get lost? You get lost really easy. Okay. How many of you like always have your GPS on, even if you're going to the same place that you've been a thousand times? Okay. All right. How many of you refuse to use a GPS because you want to figure out how to get there on your own? Anybody? Okay. All right. There's a few people. All right. Good. Well, 
I'm sure many of us have felt lost before, maybe not necessarily just in like a spiritual sense. Maybe when you were younger, maybe you felt lost at a park. Maybe you were ever at the store and then your parents or grandparents, you like turn around and they're like gone, right? You're like, oh, where do I go, right? Maybe you've ever been to an amusement park and you get lost, like, okay, I don't know where I'm going. Or maybe you think back to the first day of middle school or the first day of high school, you ever feel lost, like, oh, this is so overwhelming. We've all felt lost in some way or another. And you know what? Some of you know what it feels like to be completely lost and not know where to go next. And you know what? Maybe beyond that, maybe you feel lost in a deeper sense. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like, man, I'm struggling. I feel confused. So maybe not just you get physically lost sometimes, but maybe you've felt lost on a deeper level as if you're searching, you're struggling. Maybe you're confused and you're trying to figure out what a lot of this means. Well, I want to encourage you with what Jesus says. He says that he is the way. And what does that mean? We look to Jesus for purpose and direction. If you feel lost or confused, Jesus himself says, let me help give you guidance. And so we look to Jesus. And I love what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And so the reality is for each and every one of us, we've probably felt lost in a maybe deeper spiritual sense at some point. And the Bible talks about how our sin separates us from God. And no matter what we do to try to get in a restored relationship with him, we often feel more and more confused. Because it's not about how good we are or how smart we are or you know, how many times you go to church in a year or how many, you know, Bible verses you have memorized. None of those will get us to God except for Jesus. Because Jesus is the way. And I love that he clarifies it for us. He says, I am the way. I'm going to give you guidance and purpose. And so we learn about Jesus. He is the way. And this is Jesus saying this, not me. And the second thing he says is, I am the truth. And so truth is a very hot topic in today's world because a lot of people talk about, you know, my truth or your truth or you've probably heard the phrase fake news a lot of times. Well, our, our world today loves to just change truth a lot. We constantly change what truth is, what we believe. And I actually just read recently that 24% of this generation believe what is right and wrong changes over time. And so a lot of people out there believe that what we believe to be true just constantly changes. You know, today I might believe something is true, and tomorrow I feel like, hey, this is true now. And what's, what's interesting is there's actually a, a bridge in Norway that has this sign above it that says, maybe you can't really see it, but it says, truth is flexible. There's this big famous bridge that says truth is flexible. And so many times people believe that truth, what is true, changes on how you feel, what you believe that day. Maybe if you woke up on the right side of the bed, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, maybe 
it changes what you believe to be true. Well, the only frustrating part with this belief is that at some point, how do you actually know what is true? I mean, living that way is frustrating because what you believe constantly changes depending on your mood that day. And we can feel frustrated and, and stuck in the mud. And so are we really okay to live like that? To be constantly confused about what is right and wrong? And I just so appreciate that Jesus himself says that he is the standard of truth. And not just that he is the truth in this buffet line of other truths. Jesus says, no, I am the truth. Jesus defines what is true and what is a lie. And when we believe that Jesus is the truth, we can experience incredible freedom. Because a couple chapters earlier, he says this. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so if you feel like just stuck or confused daily, well, I would love to encourage you to consider what it would look like to follow Jesus, who can give you guidance and direction. And the third thing he says is Jesus is life. And I'm not sure what comes to your mind when you hear the phrase life for me, it's cereal. Maybe you hear the phrase life and you think of cereal or the game or maybe a movie. I think it's a Netflix series, right? A lot of things are called life. But when Jesus says that he is the life, he is saying so much more. Because it doesn't mean that he's alive in just a physical sense, but rather Jesus is the fullness or abundance of life. Because listen to what he says in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And friends, if you feel like something is just kind of missing in life, I would say that that's Jesus. Because only in Jesus can we have life and have it to the full, overflowing, abundant. And you can have joy even on the hardest days. But the reality is, we often settle for much less than what God has to offer. Jesus is offering us abundant life to the full, and we so easily get satisfied in the little things that the world wants to offer that leave us feeling empty or hurt or confused. And if you like candy, this is how I think about it. We often settle for the little fun-sized candy bars that the world offers when Jesus says, I have a giant full of live candy bar that you can partake of. And we do everything we can for the little piece when Jesus says, I want to give you so much more. And so we live our lives for the little piece when Jesus says, I want to give you something much, much greater. C.S. Lewis, and you've heard of him, says this, our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about what infinite joy, when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. And what that means is he's basically saying we are too easily satisfied 
with what the world offers to us when Jesus offers us way, way more than what we could ever imagine. And it's so, so good that it gives us reasons to have joy even on the hardest days. So earlier, I asked the question, why do we celebrate Christmas? But the real question behind that one is who is Jesus? Because how you answer that question of who is Jesus will not only impact your life day to day, but it'll impact your life for eternity. And so I'd like to offer you a, an answer to that question based on what Jesus himself says and what the Bible says. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And I do want to be clear and add that just knowing that isn't enough. There comes a time when we have to decide on what we're going to do and respond to Jesus. Because the Bible says that the God of the universe loves you and wants to be in a relationship with you. However, the problem is, because of our sin, the ways that we've fallen short and messed up, we can't fix the relationship with God on our own, but praise be to God that he offered a solution, and that was Jesus. And that solution to the problem that we often face and feel deeply is a broken relationship with God. And it's because of Christmas, the birth of Christ, that's why we celebrate Christmas, because God sent a solution for that problem of sin, and we find the answer only in Jesus. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And then in a few months later, we'll celebrate Easter, which is about his death and resurrection on the cross. And listen to what the Bible also says. For Christ has also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And so if you've ever ask yourself this question, what is God's desire for my life? If you've ever thought about, okay, if there is a God, what's his desire for me? What does God want of me? What would God ask of me? Well, let me, let me share that with you. His desire is for you and I to be in a relationship with him for eternity. God desires a restored relationship with us, and that's why he sent Jesus. And that won't happen if you just come to church. It won't happen just because you try to be a good person or a very spiritual person. Fixing that relationship with God only happens through Jesus. Well, why is that? Well, Jesus himself said, no one can come to the Father except through me. And some people might say, well, that seems kind of arrogant of Jesus to say it like that. Well, I appreciate that Jesus is clear. In a world that is so confusing, if you Google one question, you get like a billion answers. And I'm like, I don't know which one to click on. I'm so confused. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And Jesus is clear to help us find light in the darkness. And so as we prepare to enjoy some food together here in a minute or two, I want to give you guys a moment to consider what it would look like to follow Jesus. 
Because we've already quickly talked about how he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you believe that, the question I want to leave you with is how are you going to respond? Because Christmas is a big deal all over the world. Why is it a big deal? Because we celebrate Jesus. And Jesus was a real person who walked on this earth. Again, you don't need the Bible just to prove that. And so Jesus was real, and he made an impact. And so the question I want you to consider is, who is Jesus, and how do you respond to who he is? That is the question. And I'd like to offer you an opportunity to respond to him in this way. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And friends, if you're here tonight and you feel lost or confused, if you feel like you're lacking purpose, don't leave here tonight without considering that question of who is Jesus and how are you going to respond to him? Because as you consider that the response to who Jesus is should be trust him and you will be saved. And remember, the way we see Jesus has a huge impact on the way we respond to him. And if you study the Bible at all, any interactions you see with Jesus, people walk away different. Sometimes it's for the, the good, sometimes it's for the bad. But friends, what are you going to do in response to Jesus? And so if you have more questions about this um, as we eat or later on tonight, we would love to listen to where you're at, hear your story. We'd love to pray for you. And um, if you have any questions, we want this to be a place where you can ask them. And we want to help make things easier for you to understand so you don't get overwhelmed trying to figure out the answers to those questions on your own. And so we want you to know that we're here for you. You're not alone. And that's why I want us to be reminded of and to share with you why Christmas is such a big deal and why we get excited about it. Because Christmas is the beginning of our story. And that's why Christmas is such a big deal, because of Jesus. But how you respond to Jesus will impact your life, not only today, tomorrow, but for eternity. And so if you have questions or thoughts about that, please, please come talk to us. Would you join me in prayer? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity for us to gather together, to have some fun to play some games, and I pray that as we prepare to enjoy some amazing food and some chill time together, that we can just enjoy being present in this moment. God, I ask that if there is a student here that is not sure what they believe about Jesus, that you would work in their heart and in their life to bring them to a point where they, they can't help but figure out how they respond to Jesus before they leave here tonight. God, thank you so much for your word and thank you for being so clear to us when our world can be so confusing. Thank you for being light in the darkness. And God, even for those who have placed their faith in Christ, who have trusted in him, I pray that they would 
continue to look to you for everything. That they would look to you for purpose and truth and that they would find ultimate satisfaction in who you are and what you have done for us. And so as we prepare to eat this food, thank you for this food, for your provision. Thank you for all of those who brought this food and prepared it for us. Thank you for those who will be serving. God, thank you for this time together. And it's in your name we pray, amen. And so I want to give you guys some clear instructions so we can do this in an organized fashion 